The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. For this episode, I traveled to Monk's Corner to talk with Terrace Thompson, owner of Pinnacle Training Academy. Terrace trains a ton of Charleston and Somerville youth athletes in his facility to reach their full potential, become more robust and durable, have fun, and fulfill their dreams of athletic performance. So we talk about his take on early sports specialization and what the real problem is, how his view of injuries has changed, and ultimately how he checks all of the boxes when it comes to building a training program. Terrace wants to get youth athletes, no matter the age, confident, lifting, and doing things they didn't think they could. Before the episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. Now, let's do it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston podcast. I am in Monk's Corner today. I definitely got lost on the way here. And I'm talking with Terrace Thompson, owner of PTA Pinnacle Training Academy. What's up, Terrace? What's up, girl? Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. What is Pinnacle Training Academy? Let's start with that. So when I was 17, I decided that I wanted to one day own a gym. And I wrote in my notes that it would be called Pinnacle Training Academy. I was kind of thinking, yeah, my my diary. (laughs) (laughs) I want a gym. Yeah, I, I was, you know. Um, I was looking for synonyms of the word, you know, like reaching for something, you know, like the epitome of the top, you know, or something that you're constantly striving for. And so, you know, the pinnacle, right, uh, is what I deemed accurate for that. So yeah. uh, kind of like the the moniker for the gym is Pinnacle Training Academy, where every day we reach for the top. So yeah. I wrote that down then. And, you know, thankfully, um, it's, a, it's a thing now you've been in existence now since February 2020 um, and it's been growing steadily ever since Um, it started out as training primarily adults COVID hit and all the adults didn't want to train understandably so Um, however um, their kids were still active their kids were still doing a lot in travel sports Um, I had worked with a young man who now plays baseball at the Citadel Um, and his pitching coach, because he's a pitcher, Mm -hmm. um, he told him a little bit of the work we did, and he also told him that I helped his friend with his knee injury. So his uh, his friend has floating patella, and the school just really didn't know how to address it. So his knee would dislocate all the time. Um, One of the times they thought it was really, really bad. Um, I I wasn't there. This is before I met him, and – that summer that he trained with us, well, the spring that he trained with us, that next summer when we were playing trial ball, he had zero knee issues. Dang. And then the relationship I currently have with the Berkeley head baseball coach is nothing like what it was then. Um, and he wasn't, understandably so, to a certain extent, wasn't really keen to his guys working with some dude who is at some gym somewhere. And he stopped training with us. Well, sure enough, he had knee issues that – you know, came back because I kind of tell the guys all the time, if you stop working towards something, you're going to revert back to what you naturally are. Mm-hmm. So if you're a naturally very tight athlete and you work on your mobility and whatnot and you, you're moving good, feeling good and they're like, OK, I'm good. And then you just yeah. stop. You will go back to what you are because yeah. what you naturally are is tight. You're not naturally that. Um, and so unfortunately, his need because we stopped training with him for at least three months. Was he doing anything? Uh, baseball. 
Yeah. Like so <laughs> a huge part of, yeah. of preparing him for baseball. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was when COVID hit and this is a senior year and he comes back into the gym, kind of do a little bit of work to get him feeling a little bit better. And uh, COVID hits and he's like, Terrence, I think, you know, we're going to miss a couple of games. I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to cancel your season. Well, yeah. as everyone knows, it'll be, fine. It'll be over in two weeks. As everyone knows, um, you know, he did not play a senior year, which is crazy. You yeah. know, like you know, I think they might have played a couple games. Um, for yeah, yeah, it's horrible. But anyways, the work we did with those two young men are what set us up to have, and I'll definitely say his name, Coach Kitts. Um, he works a lot with um, the Berkeley Stags. Um, he was a scout for the Braves for years. Um, super smart guy, super great guy. Um, and he came into the gym, and this is like right when we first opened up. I mean, we might have been open for like like three months, mm -hmm. but we also had reopened, so we really only opened for one month because we had to close for the first yeah. two months. And so Coach Kitts comes in, we're talking and, and, and this and that, and he's like, all right. And next thing I know, he sends oh, all his guys our way, which was awesome. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like we're a business that is uh, trying to work to um, just honestly get back to where we were. Because when I opened it up, I had an established clientele over, you know, of a four year period. Mm -hmm. I didn't need new clients at the moment. I just needed to maintain what I had and then, you know, slowly and slowly grow. Um, we were probably training. 40 to 50 adults per week. Yeah. Um, which is cool, you know, which is yeah. good. Um, you take that and now you're like working with 10, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, open. it's, yeah, to say the least. <laughs> and so they start coming in and then he's coming. So he's coming and he's coming. So he's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, next thing you know, uh, this is year before last, um, all of the, good players at the high school as far as baseball goes either work with us or know of us about half of it right so it's going good well the guy who was the starting pitcher for the team um after a season with us um and i would definitely agree he looked totally different going into a senior year like physically he looked physically different he was in way better shape he now has the record for most wins by a pitcher Dang. in the school history and berkeley Baseball is really good. I mean, they just want to stay title, so they're obviously oh, very wow. good. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of leads into the next thing. So if you just like take that and then fast mm -hmm. forward to now, um, the guy who is the day two pitcher, so the backup, not really the backup, but he's the day two starter. Yeah. Um, he had a very good year. He's a sophomore, very good year. But he definitely, and he'll tell you the same thing. He definitely lost some sauce towards the end of the year. He wasn't maintaining the same velocity. Um, he, he was losing velocity. Um, like during the he season? threw absolutely yeah he yeah. I mean he threw a, a lot of pitches but he just he really withered down and so you take that guy as a sophomore and then you look at his junior year um, he is a five A South Carolina State Player of the Year oh wow won the state title <laughs> yeah. um, he just um, committed to play at Newberry no, um, yeah, College yeah awesome. which is exactly where um, the other young man that I trained is where he's at right now. Okay. So their two best pitchers in the past couple of years are both going to go to Newberry, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, to get that opportunity and also seeing yesterday a guy from Newberry just got called up to play, I think, for the Red Sox, which oh. is really, really cool. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Newberry. Yeah. Really getting it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so what changed for this guy? Um, as far as which, which guy. So the, he was a sophomore, he's day two. And then all of a sudden he's like the player of the year. Like what, what did he change? So when, when he, when Miller came in, um, you know, he looks stronger than he is, which is a good thing as an athlete, yeah, right? Well, and as a person. Yeah. As a per <laughs> but like, um, legs definitely weren't nearly as strong as what the coaches even thought. Um, and upper body, same thing. And so, obviously, when it comes to pitching and velocity and the hitting, it's not all about strength. It's not all about size, but it does play some factor. Um, and the first thing is I did want to get him a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and most of those methods were primarily single leg. Um, so a, a myriad of ways to do it. We started with Miller last August and trained really hard. 
up until about February. Then once the season mm-hmm. is going, then we're just really maintaining, trying to make sure his, his arm and shoulder feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really just a myriad of ways. The only thing I honestly feel like we can do better um, is training in the front of plane a little bit more, uh, training his hips a little bit better, and increasing in his velocity. He's a super skilled pitcher, super skilled. So, And he doesn't throw super hard. Um, I think Miller tops out at 86, 87. Uh, but I mean, he's just a heck of a ball player. I really want to help him take that next step in terms of his velocity. Um, yeah, because he has all the skill, but doesn't he has a lot of skill. strength and the power. Yeah, and, and he's a strong kid, don't get me wrong. Um, but in terms of like, I'm always projecting, right? So um, my thing is, okay, the guy who's a level up from you, right? So mm-hmm. the collegiate level, what do they do? What do they look like? Um, and so um, I think he's got all the tools to be a really, really special player. He's already a very special player, obviously, but more so. Mm-hmm. Take that next step. So there's a, a myriad of things that – um, that I feel like we can do in terms of getting his hips a lot stronger. Uh, we definitely did that, but we can take a step up and trying to do that this year. Because um, he's a he'll be a senior. He's a senior right now. So was he doing any training, any strength training before? With the high school, but yeah. it wasn't at all what we do. Like the yeah. first year when, um, so year before last, I was trying to balance out the school workouts. Yeah with my workouts and it was uh quite a mess Um, (laughs) a lot of cooks in the kitchen too many um because you know we might be in a certain strength phase and we might be training at 75 percent and then they want to go in and train at 50 percent but do an ungodly amount of reps, reps that definitely are way outside of the strength curve. I mean, when you start talking about reps in 15 and 20, you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just getting tired fast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was an issue for sure. Um, And fortunately, because of how good the guys who we worked with did, um, and fortunately also because of how different the guys we worked with were versus everyone else, um, now it went from, okay, like 10 baseball players to we train between 80 and 120 athletes per week. Um, in here? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And just so you guys know, so the gym is tiny. So it is 686 square feet, and we try to maximize work, all though. of it. Yeah. I mean, you said earlier 30 to 40 adults, and I was like, that's a lot. Not like 82 over 100 yeah. athletes. We will legitimately have – um, I hope no fire marshals are listening. We yeah. will legitimately have <laughs> 20 people in this space at yeah, one time. Yeah, just doing something different. Yeah, so like right now, so for baseball, baseball comes in in the morning at 745. And, and well, the ones who aren't seniors. Seniors have a late in, so they can come in at 830. So I will have – I'll usually partner the guys up. Mm-hmm. Not so just based on strength, but height as well. Because if you mm-hmm. got a guy it's who's – you know, rocked up and another young man who is not that at all, and, <laughs> but they're the same height. Well, it might be some issues there. So yeah. we try to partner up best we can. Um, and they're at their station, they're at their station, they're at their station. And I'm just orchestrating the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, everyone has their own detailed workout plan. Okay. Um, I Are do them right? by the month. Yeah. So once I've trained you for, um, at least five weeks, then you get your own file up until that point, I'm still figuring out what I think works best okay. for you. Um, to a certain extent, you can say everyone can do a single arm lap pull down. You know, everyone can do um, like cable inductions as far as like a ro- in a rotation way, but maybe he needs to do it yeah. this way or that way. Like, some it's kind of funny. Like, I'll I'll demonstrate something, and the athlete will do it wrong. But I like how You're they like, did Wait, it. I like that. Yeah. I like how they did it for them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's like. Mm, it works. So yeah. keep doing it like that. And I'll make a note of like, I want them to do it like this. Yeah. Based on like what they need. Exactly. And, their and then just sometimes like they're, you know, um, if you just told like one thing we do for, cause we train kids. I jokingly say from eight to 80, we, that's like, that's, that's yeah. the realm. Cause we do have a, a client who's in his seventies. Uh, and we do have kids who are eight years old and we train, but we honestly go younger than that. We've had, we have like, we have a six year old, we have two six year olds we train. 
No and way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and one of them, he's going to be massive. He <laughs> is going to be at least 6'4". Yeah. At least, maybe his taller. His parents are pretty big. Well, his dad is the short brother and his dad's 6'3". Okay, yeah. yeah. And I... his dad's the short one in the family. Jeez. A 6'3 run, right? That's kind of yeah. crazy, right? So, um, he's going to... And then you've got the complete opposite, this other young man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks like a six-year-old. Yeah. And so, one thing we do... Um, one of the biggest differences in training, like, a young person and an adult is a young person is not fragile. Yet, the adult, to be completely honest, is. Like, the adult has more trauma. So... Adult males are going to hire a trainer for a couple of reasons, Mm -hmm. one of which is they've lifted most of their life. And at this point in their life, they're not looking how they want to look Mm -hmm. and they feel that you can help them. And or they've lifted most of their life and they're tired of hurting themselves. Those are about it. Women are way more complex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way more. Right. There's way too many reasons. You can, you can, you, you, there's not enough paper in the world. But men, it's, it's it's not a lot of reasons for adult men. And so the reason why I say that is if you have um, an adult woman who has three kids and she's had two epidural injections, mm. you probably don't want to train her lower back like day one. She's probably not going to come back. Would she benefit mm. from training her lower back? Undoubtedly so. But the soreness she's going to feel, she's going to yeah. be like, that they trainer's trying to much. kill me. Yeah. They are not a good trainer. And I'm going to tell all my friends that they suck. Has this happened to you before? No. Okay. okay. And there's reasons why. Because yeah. I I come to them as if they're fragile and then go from there. Now, I will say this in terms of what has happened. When I ran the Anytime Fitness franchise, my first two weeks there – because I was coming from a college football background in terms mm-hmm. of like my intensity and then training all the military guys. Um, I think uh, four of the seven women I trained all did not finish the workout and vomited. <gasps> oh my God. Four of the seven. I'm pretty, yeah, I think that's about <laughs> Once right. Once like three of them throw up, do you like start to question Oh, I changed yourself? everything. Oh my gosh, yeah, I put the kid <laughs> gloves up and then one client came to me and said, hey man, you can pick it up a little bit. I'm like, all right. So... Um, I just, I watch, I monitor, um, you know, in terms of like then and it, you get a flow, you, you, but it was, it just surprised me at, and not to be mean at how bad of shape some people are that we're in round one, mm-hmm. we're on our fourth exercise and you're, you're lightheaded. So it, yeah. it, it just blew me away. Now, I mean, I you highly did, doubt yeah. at this point I would be that surprised well now um, you also have all of these other people to compare it to like your knowledge is so much bigger yeah I think we it, often... it threw me for a loop because I, I personally and it's just because i don't get nauseous really like about much of anything i personally have never thrown up in a workout yeah knock on wood i haven't either but i don't so, push myself now <laughs> i have definitely like with football or whatever i've worked out to where like i couldn't see my like oh my, couldn't what? see very good what are you doing it's running. Keep running. It was, it was yeah. conditioning. And yeah. um, definitely, like, this is before, you know, like, uh, I remember in Columbus, it was like, I think my freshman year, it was like three people within that area had died, three high school football players had died from heat stroke and um, other, like, heat-related illnesses. So, like, I'm young enough, old enough to be before concussions were taken seriously. Mm-hmm. They really weren't. Um, they were definitely joked about. And then two, before like, oh, it's 100 plus degrees, we can't practice. I have never had a practice canceled yeah. due to heat. It was like, oh, buck up. You're going to be fine. Well, you, like the idea that they would even consider canceling it is utterly hilarious. Like yeah. there's 0% chance they're going to cancel practice because it's hot. Yeah. So um, nowadays, though. I mean, it was it was plenty of that. That was a really hot summer. So it was. Um, I mean, we were practicing in like 110. Um, It didn't stay 110 for like more than an hour, but like at peak time, it's 110. So that means that the downtime is what, like 95, 98? Yeah, it's still all hot. That's why my vision wasn't too good. Yeah, what about your vision now? Did we we recover? Yeah, after running suicides. um, I remember running with a a plate over our head on a line for volleyball. And it was... It, that was a punishment. Yeah. That wasn't like a, oh, we're working out. That was like, y'all didn't do well. We're yeah. going to go, I can't, what they called it is not politically correct, but that's yeah. what they called it. And the fir- the 
person in the front of the line had the plate over their head. Oh, the, and we'll call someone, it a Native American run. Exactly. Yeah, someone we'll, had to we'll, I know what you're, yeah. from the back up yeah. to the front. When you were was, describing it, I was like, I think I know what she's talking yeah. about. <laughs> but what you, were, what you were saying earlier, like I think when you're newer in this field, like yeah. you have your own training experience to compare it to. Right. And you're like, well, I know how this workout feels for me. So this is how it's going to feel for them. Yeah. But people yeah. are coming to you having never trained before. Yeah, it was. It, it took. Um, I would say it took a couple of months to like really get a feel for. It. This is once I took over the gym because prior to taking over that gym, I was training athletes primarily, um, and then some other young people. So like getting more adult clientele that weren't military. Because if you're training a military guy, it's very similar to training an athlete mm-hmm. in terms of a conditioning thing. It's not a point where I would ever be like. Hey, this is too tough. Take it easy, buddy. No, I would be like, you're in a pass fail business. Mm. So either we pick it up or just quit. Yeah. In terms of like, like in terms of the overall sphere of how you're going to look at it. Like if you're, if I'm training a young man um, and one of his biggest flaws is he's not conditioned. Well, then we're going to condition. <laughs> We're right? going to get you conditioned. So, and, and similar for military, and it's like, okay, well, I can't pass the fitness test. Mm-hmm. Let's work towards it, right? Yeah. Um, does that mean, now at the time, that would just mean I'm going to train you hard as crap. Now it's much more like I got a guy who's coming in, he plays college ball. So the first two weeks, because he hasn't trained in like six weeks, is a reacclimation protocol. So mm-hmm. we're training a lot, um, trying to keep the, the hip flexors and the groin and the hamstrings from tweaking before when we start running and doing like build-up sprints and things like that. So I want to make sure that he's good to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go out there Zero have him doing, yeah, have him doing yeah. sprints and now he's pulled a hamstring. Now he's out for two weeks. I don't yeah. want to do that. So start I would say, yeah, I definitely would say early on in my career, progressing a person was not something I had any interest in doing. It was like, no, you got to get there because that was mm-hmm. how I treated myself. Yeah. Um, I, like as a freshman in, in, in high school, um, I had pretty good condition and I was like, no, nah, I want to, I want to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And so really, and so after that, there was not point in my time, high school, college, whatever, where I was ever not one of the better in better shape guys. And that was just my mentality. Um, but you know, you grow, you progress and you see yeah. where you are, but because of that, my motor was pretty high, especially for a guy who played defensive line. So my motor was pretty high and you, I'd look at a guy and be like, Dude, you're a buck 60. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you should be tired yet. Um, <laughs> so so um, all of this, you started yeah. with mostly adults. Correct. And that was the goal. That was the goal. Yeah. I mean, I had no need to change it. I trained yeah. um, I trained a couple guys who played high school football, and I trained, like, two high school baseball players. I think I trained, like, six athletes at the time. Yeah. And now it's mostly kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, now – so now we train – I mean, now I train more than six high college baseball players. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's, I mean, we train um, about probably about 20 college athletes. We train probably about 30, 20 to 30 middle school, 20 to 30 intermediate school, and then 20 to 30 high school. So you have a lot of people coming to you from different areas, different schools, different sports. Different. So our primary sport, even though I'm a football guy, primary sport is baseball because that's where we picked up at. Um, It is over the summer, this past summer, football really picked up. Um, The work I did with Cane Bay football, one of their young men who's not playing, ironically, at Newberry. Um, I'm like, Newberry should hire you. Yeah. I got a a basketball player who plays there, too. Uh, He's six foot ten. He's yeah, he's Uh, so. But anyways, um, he went from a guy who, and this is no disrespect to any level of ball, because ball is ball. But he went from a guy who would grade out to at best at a D3 school, kind of at best. Like, he looked like an athletic guy who was undersized but did not have the skills necessary to play at the next level. Took that and made him a guy who was undersized only from a height perspective because mm-hmm. he's six foot. But six foot at that position is not tall. I played, I'm 6'2". Um, and even at the D2 level, um, those guys are like between 6'2 and 6'4. And I was six foot as a high school senior. So, but anyways, yeah. he went from that to being an anchor on the defense. Um, and no one thought he was going to go play anywhere. He ended his senior year with three D2 offers. 
and one small D1. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, to go from nothing to that was huge. Yeah. And so they're like, maybe there's something to this yeah. guy. And so um, now we're working with um, some more alignment at Cane Bay. Young man came in, 331 pounds, and um, I, he's six foot five, about six foot five. And I said, dude, Postal doesn't have one lineman over 300 pounds. And if you want to play in a scheme similar to that, you're going to have to cut weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that you're a big, strong kid. You can be a big, strong kid at 290. Yeah. If you're big, strong at 330, you know, guys in football, it's very common. Like they're like, well, I don't want my guy to be smaller. Yes and no. I would love for him to be 315 pounds as a 22-year-old grown man who's put on quality size over a four-year period at a collegiate program. However, being a 330-pound 16-year-old who does not move with the grace that he would likely have at a lighter weight, Mm -hmm. credit to him. Not everyone can take me being that blunt. Um, He and, and, and his teammate both did. Neither of them had any offers. Now, this is not all because of us. They do a lot of hard work, and I'm very proud of them, and I would never take credit for their thing. But he went from no offers. He's not a three-star. He is committed to ECU. Uh, not Newberry. Going early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So um, uh, he'll be going to play there. He's going to leave early after his senior year and play there. Wow. Um, you know, he's got the God-given size to go to a school of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Um but he needed to work on the skills. And mm-hmm. so that's a lot of what we did. We actually did it out in the park because there's no space yeah. here, right? So um, did that. And that was really picking up. So football, baseball, very little bit of basketball. I think we trained like two basketball players. So um, how do you manage them doing all their, like, there's training at school, right? How yes do you and no. Manage? How yeah. do you control all that? So now I actually do the strength and conditioning for Berkeley High School's oh, wow. baseball team. So I do the strength and conditioning. Here. So yes and no. Like so I me and Coach Cox, we have a really good relationship now. And he's got respect for me and my expertise and vice versa. And he handed it over to me. And even more so this year because Berkeley High School had not won a state title since I think nineteen sixty-three. Oh, man, that's a long time ago. Very, very long time ago, right? And they just won. So um, now it's like, hey, whatever we did last year, let's let's do it again and do it even better. So that's the mentality with this upcoming season. Um, So you program for every single one of those kids. Yes. So And theirs looks very different. You're in control. Yes. So now if I program, with credit to the bench press, though we don't really do that much with baseball, um, if I – program bench press then well then i also know what they're doing so it's going to be in a more of a complementary state less of well i guess we can't do legs today because they squatted you know diverse you know so um what about the the kids that are coming to you that that aren't a part of berkeley like how do you we train um some cane bay baseball and some stratford baseball as well um and are they only doing your program are they doing someone else a lot not every school lifts all year. Okay. Like, Cane Bay football yeah. doesn't really lift that much in season. Okay. So, that's where it's a benefit for me, especially for the seniors who I train at Cane Bay, fourth Cane Bay football. Um, I'm not balancing out other yeah. exercises other than on the field. Yeah. So, um, that's a benefit there. Um, we work a little bit with Berkeley soccer as well, mm-hmm. and that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Females? Which, yes. Yeah, we actually don't train any um, male soccer players. We only train oh, nice. girl soccer players currently. Um, yeah. It's cool because I honestly, not that not every sport has high-level female athletes, but the more individualized kind of the skill set has to be, the better the athlete has to be. Mm. And so, like, when I look at a track and field female athlete, I'm like, mm, she could probably run better than most dudes who don't run you know what i mean in terms of like is she is a 400 meter girl gonna beat a 400 meter guy probably not but would a 400 meter girl beat a pitcher in a race she probably runs way better than you and she yeah. just might dust her behind <laughs> and that was pretty awesome because this year i had one of my girls she plays um soccer in college and i had her just because the time constraints that she had and i had I had her doing some of the agility stuff at the same time as the baseball players. And she was whooping Heck their yeah. butts, That's cool. whooping their butt. I yeah. mean, it was, 
yeah, she she could take him. Yeah, <laughs> she could take him. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. she moves really really well. And um, of course, working with athletes who aren't as athletically inclined is also fun. Of course, however, you get to do more stuff <laughs> when yeah. you know someone is is, is really athletic. Um, but it, it's just been it's just been awesome. We thankfully train a lot of softball. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, it was more softball than baseball. How did PTA come about? Like, how did you yeah. create this? Um, Walk me through that. So I thought I wanted to be a college strength coach. Mm. I thought um, you wanted to be an architect. Well, so before that. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so, yes, I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to go to SCAD. So when I was in sixth grade, mm. I was in our technology exploratory class. And yeah. my, I had an awesome teacher. He was a really cool guy. Everyone thought he was weird. But I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, he loved um, talking about like the history aspect of technology and whatnot. And it really, uh, loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, really enjoyed his class. I mean, he had us doing floor plans and different, it was super cool. I loved it. Super exciting stuff for, <laughs> for sure. I loved it. <laughs> floor <man>. plans, interior <laughs> design. Yeah. It was it. so much fun. <laughs> I and mean, I love that stuff. <laughs> it was so much fun. And, um, so that was my focus. I mean, I played football because, um, you know, just growing up, I just play sports. Yeah. I, I didn't really take it super serious um, up until like my junior year. And then I started to take it a bit more serious. Um, and I started working out more and um, really trying to get better at it. But I really didn't know how to make myself better at my position. I did kind of sort of know how to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Like I was always very strong for my position. I was always fast for my position. But I didn't really know how to like work on the skill set of it. And before YouTube had a video for everything, yeah. you kind of actually had to know somebody to show you some mm-hmm. things. I went to three high schools and um while at my second high school I would, you know, ask this coach to show me this, show me that. And they weren't really too like keen on helping me with that. Um, maybe it was because if I'm going to be like introspective, maybe it was because they're like, mm, I think you're okay. And you're a hard worker, but you know, you're okay. So I'm not going to go out of my way to show you this and that. I'm not, you know, we're not doing that. So, um, and I'll never forget. And this is why I want to train athletes. I'll never forget. Um, I was, I didn't have a car in high school, so I would just lift weights after school until my, my mom can pick me up and I'm leaving the locker room and I hear one of the coaches say to other guys and these guys, two of the four ended up going to Louisville play there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So my high school is really good. Um, I think they've won two Alabama seven, eight state titles since I left two or three. Um, I think they've got like the number one quarterback and receiver in the state of Alabama right now. Like they're very good. I had several teammates who played in the league from just that high school team. So to play there was not yeah. easy. So, but anyways, I hear him tell the guys, he's like, yeah, don't be going around telling people that I'm working with y'all. I want them coming to ask me. That Ooh. stuck with me forever. Yeah. I never forgot that. Never forgot that. I never looked at him the same either. Um, and then I go to extra attention. Well, he actually would have him come over to his house and they would work on, like, skills. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. And he would would even go out of his way to take him to camps. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Special treatment. Yeah. Well, you know, if there are some athletes who are gifted enough, it does not matter that much who comes into contact with them and helps them out. They're going to be special. Mm. And then there's – but that would – I would say that's about – maybe 10% of athletes. I would say there's another 20% that are athletic, but need some help. And then there's another 20% that are athletic and just definitely need that skill set taught. And I would say I was in that, I would, I would put myself in the third tier. Hmm. Um, and so I get to my third high school um, and definitely Coach King, he changed my life. For sure. He was a three-time All-American at Auburn. He was massive dude. Like, I'm a kind of big guy, I guess. I'm 6'2", 255. <laughs> and Coach King was significantly bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, I was about 6'4", like 300 pounds, and yeah. wider than two door frames. Yeah. Massive guy. You have to turn to go. Yeah. hundred. Seriously. Yeah. And first day he came in, he said, man, this guy's got really good footwork. I like this. I like – and I remember hearing – I like – 
I couldn't remember a coach saying anything good about me before. Dang. Like, so that was like, like, God, oh, man, that felt good. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, let me do this you. some more. Yeah. And so, and he's like, huh, I, I see he's got some power, you know? Now I always, they would always say, yeah, I'm strong and yeah, Terry's fast, but like complimenting the skill set of it never really did that. So we're doing uh, other stuff and he's just saying nothing but good things about me. And he's like, you know, are you going to play any other sports? I'm like, yeah, I play basketball too. He's like, oh, okay, that's probably why you can do this so well. And we do conditioning. And this is my first day at the school, first day seeing any of these guys. And I lead the conditioning groups. Like I said, conditioning was super important to me. Like, you're never going to outwork me, ever. Yeah. So, I'm, um, and thankfully, you know, you add that in with, I mean, I, w- I ran about a 4.75 when I was 240 pounds. So I was, like I said, I was pretty fast. There's faster dudes for sure, but I was pretty fast to be that height weight. Um, and I asked, I said, hey, Coach, Coach King, can you show me some stuff um, for D-line after? He said, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then that was different. And then, honest to God, in two weeks, I was a completely different player. I went from just an athletic kid out there to like, oh, he can actually play really pretty good. Mm-hmm. So – um, I had an amazing senior year, um, led the team in like all the stats. Just um, because someone gave you a chance. Yeah. Someone yeah. I mean, you. and the guy opposite of me, I mean, he was no slouch. He played at Syracuse. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I did not know how to get recruited. I didn't go to any camps and I didn't know how important that was at the time. Um, so even though I led the team in everything and all the other guys who were on the defense all went D1, I went D2, I didn't know how to. I didn't know that stuff. Yeah. Um, so what inspired me to open up PTA is that third tier. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am that third tier wanting to help them get yeah. to that. Cause that third tier, they want to work. You know what I mean? Like, so that was, that's why I really wanted to open up PTA was to help young men and women fulfill their dreams, whatever it is. And so it's really, it's, it's expanded past that now. So, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, we got a kid who committed to Clemson before I even met him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the, probably the second or third, first or second best hitter in the state of South Carolina. Like he's a really good baseball player. Would have been whether I met him or not, but helping him go further than what he wants to go, helping other young people go further than where they currently are. That's why. I mean, it's 100 percent. You know, I got a text from a kid um, that I train uh, uh, on Sunday and he said, hey, I made my national team. And, you know, he said everything we did over the summer is what we did for the tryout. And I was he said I was first or second. I came in first or second in everything. He's like from the grip stuff. We do a lot of grip with baseball from the grip stuff to the lateral movement, everything. So that was, you know, felt good. And, and his mom told me, he said, yeah, he hated all that stuff. Yeah, but I'm sure <laughs> but then he was super happy about it. It paid off. And I'm, you know, so that's like, that's why. We all need that person. Like, I, I don't I don't think you can just like teach yourself what you need. Especially as a kid. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's now so more so because there's so much information out there that would have been yeah. beneficial at the time. But but to have somewhere that's designated to help you train yeah. to be a better athlete and, yeah. a, and a better player of your sport, yeah. I think that's like the the direction that we're going. How do you feel like youth athletics and athletic development has changed in this area over the past few years? Um, I think we, as far as in this area in, of the low country, I think we're changing how people view it um, because – I have a couple like tests that I have for a young person and it's not age constricted in terms of um, when you can do it. So um, once they can do, for example, a goblet squat holding a 35 pound dumbbell for five pause reps to an appropriate depth and it's controlled and it looks easy. Mm -hmm. So they got to do three sets of five of that pause reps. I love to call the bar on their back. Yeah. I don't care if they're seven. Yeah. I don't care if they're 10. I'm just call the bar on their back. Um, prior to knowing that, um, the myth about it stunting mm-hmm. your growth was just based on, yeah, you're pretty tall. You seem old, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> old, uh, bad data. Yeah. Um, you're not going to tell me that loading a bar on my back is going to do more damage than me running into somebody at full speed, which is football. 
Yeah, that's a great point. You know what I mean? Like what we what we think is okay versus what yeah. we demonize is or, you know, any other sport such as basketball where you're saying, all right, I want you to run full speed, plant, jump mm-hmm. off one leg and however you land, however you land. Yeah. So in terms of in reality, because people can cut you off. So obviously you'd love to land perfectly. It's never going to happen. Um, and to, to try to go for that is not very realistic. You know, that's why when I talked about being fragile, I try to train the athletes in a anti-fragile mentality. Um, I want to bolster the lower back. I want to get your glutes and hamstrings stronger. I want to get your growing stronger. I want you, whatever position you're in, which would not be a picture perfect position. I would like for you to be able to move in that position and get out and not really have any issues. Be durable in it. Exactly. Like the only, fortunately, the only baseball player we trained that had had a, any sort of issue was because when he pitched the ball, the ball came back at him and hit him in his quad. Okay. Yeah. You can't really accidents you know, happen. Like uh, <laughs> you can't prevent all injuries. Yeah. So he no. had like, yeah. you're wearing burgundy pants right now. That's a, what his quad looked like for like a oh, while. It was oh disgusting. God, that yeah. Like yeah. in, in sport, it's unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, there's no perfect form. There's no perfect way of moving. Like yeah. you're going to land and you're going to jump and you're going to pivot. Like, Instead of avoiding, why don't we prepare? It, had you asked me three years ago, you know, if a guy, if I see a dude tears AC, I'll be like, well, probably got weak hamstrings, probably got weak glutes. Yes and no. Like I view it so differently now. And, mm-hmm. I, and I get a little frustrated when I see certain trainers mm-hmm. expound on with their wealth of knowledge <laughs> why someone who they have never seen in person and never analyzed why they definitely tore the ACL. So you're trying to tell me that this kid that can run a four four couldn't do a Nordic ham curl? You're really gonna yeah, make the assumption the that reason. his hamstrings are just garbage, though you can see the freaking separation through his football pants. You're gonna just make that assumption. Okay, that's fine. The reason why I don't believe that is because what if that young man who tore his right ACL, what if he rolled his ankle because somebody fell on it in camp week two? So now he's been favoring that ankle. And because he's favoring that ankle, then what if he has a knee sprain in like a third game? Mm -hmm. And then not to mention it's football, it's people falling all the time. So was that a non-contact injury or was that compensation from a contact injury? Mm -hmm. So I, I look at it so differently. That's why I'm like, hey, we're going to check off every box we possibly can Mm. and God be with you. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) Like stuff's going to happen, but I'm going to make stuff's going to happen. Strong and durable stuff's going to happen. What changed your philosophy? Seeing guys get hurt who weren't weak. Yeah. You know, seeing guys get hurt who I think their trainer's a good trainer. Seeing like, I'm, I don't think he shortchanged you. I don't Mm -hmm. think he. Like this wasn't a a training or under preparation. Yeah. And then they'll do like some trainers, they'll do that. And which is why I'm not saying any names. They'll do that and then crap on the guy's trainer because they know who their trainer is. Well, once you do this for a while, you also know this. Sometimes dude just don't go to the workout. Like I train a lot of college guys, a lot of college guys. Dude, my, I might not have seen him for two weeks. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that. It's uh, your fault. Right. Yeah. You know, or maybe he's come, you know, the whole month, but we're supposed to be training four times a week. Yeah. He's come two times a week. No, yeah. They're just not going to get the benefit. Yeah. And then maybe instead of going to bed, parties all night. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that all happens. What I'm saying is like, there's so many reasons why athletes get hurt. They just assume that the training they do sucks, I think, mm-hmm. is self-gratifying in nature but had you asked me it would have been my assumption 100 mm-hmm. percent. you know it's like oh well you see the valgus when he goes to jump that's why yeah well not necessarily um there's a lot of athletes who when their knees go in together they are more explosive like mm-hmm. it's just that that's why even when it comes to like the landing like we've got a um a girl we're training right now um I would say, because uh, our mom's a PT, but the aspect of what was missed and we were talking on the phone was that return to play. Yeah. So getting her back, exploding in a single leg fashion, decelerating. I would say that she is a really good athlete, but is a poor decelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of trying to change how she would land and plant, because I'm not going to change 18 years of habit in two months. It's not happening. Especially in a game where they're fatigued. It's not happening. You will go back to what you are, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'm trying to get her in a a position where she 
just as if you would teach a kid how to squat, I'm trying to teach her how to decelerate. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always going to be picture perfect, but I could even see in our session yesterday how it was coming into its own because she is a really good athlete and really good athletes, especially ones that want to get better. They're going to get better, you know, and so. Um, I feel like at times maybe there's an aspect of it that's like, oh, man, I missed that. You know, like one of my guys who I'm training, he's a receiver in college. And it's like, maybe I could have done more in that regard. So he gets to camp and it's a similar situation. A guy kind of like hits him. He rolls his ankle. And so his ankle was an issue and he had a red shirt. So, no, it was a freshman red shirt. So he was like, it wasn't a medical red shirt. He yeah. definitely was able to practice by like week three. But it's like, man, maybe how we bolstered, uh, you know, the tibia and the calf a bit more, maybe it wouldn't have been an issue. And so that was something that I really, really wanted to kind of focus in on, especially because I would say about half of my college guys all naturally have like ankle stuff here and there. Mm. And I wore ankle wraps and braces all through high school and college. And it wasn't until I started doing yoga that I no longer had that issue. Yeah. Um, because I always had good balance. And so to see that I couldn't stand on one leg for like 60 seconds was as a crazy. Kid, like as an, as it was an crazy. athlete. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And my, I, my feet are completely flat. Uh, my peroneals are therefore kind of naturally weak. And I would sprain my ankle. I've sprained my ankles oh, hundreds yeah, of times. Yeah, that's like how it normally works. Hundreds of yeah. times. <laughs> so training that lower limb health mm-hmm. in the fashion in which I am. Like I've got a girl who plays softball. And she's committed to play at Winthrop. She has like basketball like injuries all the time, though, but she's a very quick and twitchy athlete. So it's like, all right, I'm going to treat her different from every other softball player. That was like the mentality. Right. And so it was in more of a fragile state. Well, then, man, she freaking pulls her growing. It's like I am doing every modality I can freaking think of. And so now it's in a more, I would say, a, a balanced state of. You know, deceleration, explosion, a lot of focus on lower limb health. And one of our girls who um, she's pitching it, she pitches um, in high school right now, but she's committed to go play in college too, not Newberry. (laughs) But she, um, every season we've worked with her, she's pulled a run every time. This past year, she did not. Okay. We added in a lot of COSAT lunges, a lot of Copenhagen planks. And they do so. But they're great. I mean, she hates them. But they suck. But I even said to her, better than a strain. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And even I'll utilize the reverse hyperextension. Mm -hmm. um, And I have them. Now, for a guy, it's a super awkward (laughs) movement to demonstrate. So, thankfully, we've got a lot of girl clients who can do it. But you essentially are going to lift that inner leg. with the weight resisting against you mm-hmm. up and down. And when I looked at it, I was like, man, that doesn't hurt your knee. They're like, I don't feel anything in my knee. Was what the girls are saying. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's because just women are typically more mobile than guys. Mm-hmm. So, because if I had a guy doing that myself, for example, I think it would be absurdly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. However, they're like, this is killing under thighs, Terrence. I'm like, yeah. fantastic. Good, that's what I want. Fantastic. So on that note, kind yeah. of like, what does it look like to train here? Mm-hmm. And what are you thinking about when you're writing these programs? What is that process like? The first thing is, okay, the time in the group. So in the summer versus of the school year, it's quite different. In the summer, because the kids are not in school, they have more availability. Therefore, I have more availability. In the school year, there's only about, there's only yeah. a couple different times they could train. So, for example, in the summer, um, I'm sorry, in the school year, um, it's going to be, okay, it's going to be a big group in here. I know what boxes most of the guys need to check off. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get new guys, I get new guys. And, you know, I'll evaluate them as we go along. So, for example, on a upper body primary day um, for, for baseball, you're going to do some dead hangs. So where you're, you know, obviously just hanging and supporting it and holding yourself up. Uh, once that got easy, then we put a plate in your lap and you have to hold that too while you're doing it. Um, I really like the grip strengthening of that. And I also love the active stretch and strengthening mm-hmm. that the lats are getting while you're in that position. So, but anyways, you're going to do... Um, some rotational things, you're going to do some grip strength things. 
that's the idea. Everything's about checking off the boxes. It's like, okay, if they're coming in three times a week or two times a week, it's going to be a very different workout than five days a week. Yeah. Because I would prefer to microdose it. I would prefer to have you do less things in a workout, but get more out of it. So, I mean, sometimes I'll have the girls only do four exercises mm -hmm. if they're coming in five times a week. Yeah. But if they're coming in two, three times a week, we're probably going to do like eight, nine exercises yeah. because we still need to check off those boxes. Mm -hmm. So five, you get to check them off. I get to spread it out. Yeah. I get to spread it out so much every single day. Exactly. Yeah. I get to spread it out. And now I've got it balanced out a little bit better this season with baseball too. Um, to where it's like, okay, I am like, I know, like I'm going to say they are killing their abs at mm -hmm. the school today. So I don't really need to touch the abs. Right. Yeah. We're going to do some explosive stuff today or vice versa. So, um, so for baseball, everything's going to be in a complementary state. But just in terms of like what I'm thinking about with the workout, it's it's my mentality is check off the boxes. What are the boxes that need to be checked off? Mm -hmm. So for baseball, it's grip strength. For baseball, it's rotational strength and stability and the ability to resist rotation. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that strengthening the back of the knee will help the front, right? So uh, we do uh, a lot of Nordic ham curls. We do a lot of GHD work. We do a lot of hyperextension work. Um, you have a GHD? We have a floor GHD. Oh, okay. I floor was like, GHD. I, I see the reverse hyperextension. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And then the hyperextension. Um, yeah. So, you know, maximizing the space is super important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you so know, um, and we actually have, um, I could show you a, a video of it if you were interested. We actually have a standing single like hamstring curl that I like. I'll just say. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we'll do a lot of a lot of that. Uh, we the floor hamstring curl as well. But um, I mean, train the posterior as well as the anteriors. We try to even it out. And on Fridays, because most of the boxes have been checked off by then. Yeah. Especially for the people who are coming five times a week, yeah. I call it Bodybuilder Friday. Oh gosh! So it's just hypertrophy, just man. Bicep curl. It's just hypertrophy. These thirteen-year-old boys. It's just hypertrophy. <laughs> so it is, you know. Oh, I would say like the first year of for it. Friday night. Yeah, exactly. I would say like the first year of doing it, it was like so many ugly reps that the camera was definitely not out. <laughs> and so now it's it's much like I'm like okay, let's just make them do a pause and everything. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, it kind of helped a little a bit. A pause, everything makes them do it in normal tempo. Exactly. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's just it's like ripping crazy. them in. And so yeah. for the girls, initially I'd be like, you know, what do y'all want to do? So for the girls, it's not even that anymore. It's Friday, butt day, <laughs> yeah. Friday, butt day. So we were working <laughs> the cheeks, man. But I will say like one of the biggest changes I made last year in almost all the females programs. And I later did it for the guys too. Cause I realized how weak their hips were is we will train the glutes in some way, shape, or form as far as directly train them every time, whether it be a glute kickback, uh, whether it be a single leg reverse hyperextension. I mean, a multitude of things we'll do um, because, I mean, if you can produce more force, you can go faster, right, in theory. So we started doing that, and I started seeing certain issues I would see technique-wise in certain lifts, and then when they would just move naturally, I just kind of saw it dissipate. Um, mm -hmm. So um, they train glutes a lot, honestly, but on Fridays we train them a lot, <laughs> a lot. It's funny because I think we've talked to like some cheerleaders and soccer players and right. I'm like, what's your favorite exercise? And they're like squats. Like they That's love crazy. the squats. It was just like, I felt the same way. Um, like I never liked upper body. Like, who, no girl is going to say, oh, bench press. But like a lot of guys are yeah. probably going to say bench press. Absolutely. But every girl like loves to squat. Yeah. It's funny. So what are most people getting wrong with youth athletics? I would say different sports. It's a different answer. Let's go to travel AAU basketball. Um, you're going to play in a weekend. You might play 10 games as a young man or young woman. Um, the warm up is throwing your shorts. Let's go because we're probably running 10 minutes late. Um, or the warm up is we're going to get some free throw lines going and just go. Um, which is why I think that is the sport with the most explosive and fragile athletes. Um, way too many ankle issues, way too many knee issues where there ought not to be. Um, you just see that a lot. And, you know, speaking of, you know, assuming hamstrings and glutes are weak, 
And this has been said by a lot of strength coaches that I respect. I think University of Houston strength coach and one of the strength coaches who works for the Phoenix Suns mm. NBA team. It was like, you get a hooper, assume their hamstrings are weak. And man, that's pretty much 100%. Mm. Um, specifically for the younger ones. And and so, you know, that goes from 18 to like 10. Mm. Um, such a explosive and quad dominant sport lends to weak hamstrings. And in an area of, in terms of the sport where strength isn't seen as important, because mm. you got the Kevin Durant of the world, well, he's skinny and he's a great basketball player, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if you have muscles or not. Mm. Yes and no. Kevin Durant also misses every other year. So, Dang. I mean, if you, and that's on average, obviously, but sure, you could be a high level basketball player. But could you be better if you worked on the things you're not good at? Yeah. So I would say, you know, like for basketball, I would say actually making sure the kids get a proper warm up and actually in practice implementing some things to see instead of having your kid go and throw ice on his ankle, maybe see why the ankle's messed up. Mm. So I think for basketball, it's just complete and total negligence. I don't necessarily believe that for every sport, but for basketball, 100 yeah. percent complete and total negligence. I would say for football, it is the go harder, shut up, you're being a punk. I'd say that's where it's getting messed up at. Um, you know, when a kid, like when a kid comes in and they're like, hey, I squat 500, you know, um, I want to push it. I'm like, uh, maybe you squat 500. Yeah. It was probably a half squat. <laughs> yeah, like we'll see about and that. And then two, that's not ultimately why you're here. You're ultimately here to be, become a better football player. Mm-hmm. So I want to get you moving better. So I would say with football, it's just the mentality of harder is better. Mm-hmm. And that extends all across the sport. They definitely take strength seriously in football, for sure. You can't say they don't. They definitely take conditioning seriously. You can't say they don't. But I would say the go harder, you're just being a punk kind of thing is a misconception and maybe you need to focus on getting them moving at a higher level rather than simply having them up the LBs in whatever capacity. Um, For baseball, it's a little similar to basketball. It's not total negligence because arm care is such a focused Mm -hmm. on thing. I would say there is a misunderstanding on a broad scale, not on a small scale, on a broad scale. The amount of guys you will see come in and the first thing they want to do is internally rotate a band. It's like, dude, you internally rotate 95% of the time. You need to externally rotate. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that I try to get them, get ingrained in them, um, is understanding the musculature Mm -hmm. at a higher level because you're trying to go to a higher level. Like if you're sitting here and you're doing things that we did in the 90s to help and fix your arm, you're probably going to have the same problems they had then. Mm. So I would say at the youth level, people think it's because the kids don't play enough sports. You know, that's what people think. Well, they think that, oh, because, you know, you're specializing in one sport. You're like, oh, well, well, back in my day, it's because we played four sports. We played all the sports. Yeah, Yeah. I hear you. But. Once you start recruiting athletes in middle school, it's not about that anymore, dude. Like it's, it's a it's, different game. It's an entirely different game. Like the the young man who committed to Clemson, he committed to Clemson. I met him when he was a junior. He was already committed for a year. Jeez. So yeah. you've been getting looked at probably since you're in the eighth grade. So the idea that I'm going to spread him out is kind of crazy. Why would I spread you out? I want you to focus on that one thing because that one thing is going to get you to a higher level. So sure, Patrick Mahomes can play four or five sports. Patrick Mahomes is an NFL MVP, your kid, realize how very few people will ever achieve that. Also, his dad played the majors. Yeah. Like, this kid was good enough to earn a D1 scholarship in two sports. I don't think people understand how hard that is. Like, I played D2 ball, and one of my teammates, he's a receiver for the the Raiders right now, he couldn't play basketball in college. He could play basketball in high school. He tried out for the basketball team. He couldn't make so so a NFL player could not make a D two basketball team. Yeah. Understand how hard it is to play two yeah. sports at a high level. So I, I think the misconception is that oh well they're not balanced out enough in terms of playing more sports. I think that's a misconception. Maybe mentally there's some fatigue there, and maybe you have an argument there. But physically, no. I think that what they need is to simply get stronger at what yeah. they're weak at. Like, I think the um, difference is 
there's people arguing that, oh, my kid just needs to play more football, more football, more football, but they never strength train. Yeah. They never train. Right. They never check the boxes. They yeah. just play. They just yeah. practice. And I, it sounds like what you're saying is like, yeah, if you're good at your sport and you get recruited, for sure, play that sport right. because you're strength training them. Yeah. You're training them to be a well-rounded and, yeah. and to probably get the development that they are maybe missing out on. Right. But if you... Like if you are really good at a sport and you're going to go to college for that sport, do you need to play basketball or do you just need to become a more robust athlete? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if they're like, okay. And I tell them this too. It was like after high school, your second tier sport, you're never going to play again. So if you love it and you want to play it, by all means, play it. Yeah. Right. By all means, play it. Um, and I don't even want to tell them, well, don't play like if you're a baseball player, don't play football because you're gonna get hurt. Well, I don't really want to put that negative energy yeah. into the ethos, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, but I mean, it's football, you know, it's fun, or it's about whatever your sport is. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, they are kids' games, you know, mm-hmm. if you you know, so if you want to have fun, go have fun. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about why is my kid getting hurt, if we're talking about why does this kid not seem more well-rounded? Mm. It's likely not because they don't play a bunch of sports. It's likely because they just need to, as you said, become a more robust athlete. And I think it's a strong you know, misconception. And some people really don't like how serious some parents take the travel sports. And it's like, I don't know, man. If you had a kid, wouldn't you want them to be as good as they could be? Like, no one ever really told the, the kid who got their kid into Harvard well, yeah. <laughs> don't hire the best tutors. Don't, yeah. you know, send them to the best school because you're trying to live through them. Okay, maybe they are, but maybe they're doing what I think is a natural thing to do as a good parent, which is put your kid in a better position that you were in. Mm. So and give them the resources. That exactly. You and yeah. if you flipped it from sports to education, I don't even think it would be thought of like that. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like, well, of course, why would I? If I could send my kid to this school mm-hmm. and they're a top one on your school in the nation, but you know this other school right here, they're a <laughs> they're a bottom one hundred school in the state. Oh God! <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Why? No one would even think twice about that. And so, if you flip it and you're saying, "Well, why are you having your kid go to all these travel games? And why are you? This they're just a kid. They're not always going to be a kid. You're only mm-hmm. a kid for." If you live, uh, what's the average age, like 85, 90? Oh, God, I don't even know. I have no clue. Yeah. But we're well, only a kid for like one twelfth, one fifteenth of yeah. that. Well, like so, how much are how much is that experience in those years going to affect you and, and develop you? For yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, giving your kid everything that, you know, they can sort of kind of handle to mm-hmm. help make them better in life. I think if you just look at it like that, I don't even think yeah. it would be mixed around but in terms of like you know in the sport i think that's where they miss up at and you're starting to see more people see that strength training can be a benefit for kids rather mm-hmm. than a net negative yeah. you um, definitely see the, the shift of that yeah and getting past the myth of stunting your growth i think it just gets you to that next level just a little bit faster like there's a young man we train. He is in the eighth grade. His kid is going to be a freaking beast. He's in the eighth yeah. grade. He's like five nine. He's 178 pounds right now. And he is built solid. No real stomach on this young man. Mm-hmm. He deadlifts 355 pounds. Oh, my God. He squats 295 pounds. Jeez. The kid yeah. is going to be an absolute monster. And he started when he was 10. Yeah. And he's 13 now. He's going yeah. to eighth grade. And We're creating some... Freak elite athletes. Yeah, it's like, going to be, be cool to see that generation. And it's cool to see the guys I trained in college who are like, man, I wish I was doing this yeah. at that age because he he's strong now. So it has such a big base and such a like a yeah. A large he's just going to be age. like he's going to be where most guys are at when they're yeah. fifteen. He's he just turned thirteen like yeah. two months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's cool. so where can our followers and listeners find you? And uh, Instagram you? and Facebook. So if you go to uh, PTA Pinnacle um, on Instagram or Facebook, you will find both of those. Awesome. What's something that, last question, yeah. most people don't know or understand about youth athletic development, specifically about what you do? Probably wants to say, like, don't be afraid if the reps don't look 
exactly perfect initially, like as they're as they're learning. So one thing I like to do for like the really young kids, like say it's a the young man or young woman is, you know, not five foot yet and they're not a hundred pounds yet. So they're kind of small. Um, I will tell them to just pick up mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 pound medicine ball. I'm not necessarily going to like coach them on it. I just want to see how they pick it up. Mm-hmm. And why am I doing that? So if you kind of look at like strong man training mm-hmm. and when they're picking up the heavy stones, um, obviously there's technique, there's lifting, but what's being strengthened in that movement? If you look at it, it's very similar to an RDL. If you look at it, it's very similar. It's almost like a back extension. So what's being strengthened? Head to toe. Just let them pick it up and kind of like just see how they do it, see how they just kind of would naturally do it and like let them figure it out a little bit slow, but still challenge them. And that's how I do like the intro to this for like a little kid. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll see them and they just got them doing bodyweight squats. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. And if you do a bunch of them, then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they might feel the burn. I feel... I want them to get confident lifting and doing things they think they didn't think they could, knowing that um, that kid, unlike an adult, doesn't have disc issues already. And knowing that the likelihood that I am going to promote that at this age is extremely low. Like we'd have to do some really, really bad stuff over a period of time to promote like legitimate issues. I'm just going to have them pick it up. And these reps aren't necessarily the kind that I would like record and post because I want every rep to look pretty so they feel good when they see it. But just let them pick it up and kind of like just see how they do it, see how they just kind of would naturally do it and like let them figure it out a little bit slow, but still challenge them. And that's how I do like the intro to this for like a little kid. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll see them and they just got them doing bodyweight squats. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. And if you do a bunch of them, then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they might feel the burn. I feel I want them to get confident lifting and doing things they think they didn't think they could. Don't treat the kids like little kids. They're tough. I worked with kids for years before I went up into the gym. And um, they're a lot tougher than you think. They can they can handle it, you know, and um, they're, they're pretty awesome. You know? Yeah, kids are pretty resilient. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Awesome. Terrace, thank you so much. If you want to connect with Terrace and follow the Pinnacle Training Academy, all of the links are in the show notes below. Otherwise, make sure you subscribe to the show. New episodes are out every Monday. Till then, have an awesome week.